0: Team. This is Angels Recap
1: Hot Stove Edition on Angels Radio and on the AMA 30 radio app.
0: Trout swings it down and lifts it high in the air. Hits it pretty well out into right center on the warning track. And that ball is trout here. He hit it out It just kept carrying. You're home for the most in-depth news and insight all off season Law. And swinging is Ohapi. He lifts a high fly ball. This is carrying deep out into left center. It is out of here. There's a swing and a ball that's lifted high, and it's hit deep out into right field. Tight to the line, and that ball is out of here. Mickey Moniak gives himself a birthday present. It's 1-0 Angels.
1: From Angels Stadium, here's your host, Trent Rush. Oh yeah, Angels Recap Hot stove Edition is on. My name is Trent Rush, broadcasting here in the right field building at Angels Stadium. Really excited to be talking some Angels baseball today, especially with all the news. And we got a good show coming up for you. We're going to have Logan O'Hoppy on in just a couple of minutes because I think that this is a player that I don't want to call him the face of the franchise. That's Mike Trout. But when you look at somebody that has a chance to make a very serious impact on the organization and somebody that in many ways is an anchor in the clubhouse, on the field, naturally, with his position as a catcher, but also just the way he carries himself and the way he seems to have players gravitate to him, I think Logan Ohoppy is somebody that is going to be very, very important for the Angels moving forward. And I think that his impact really begins immediately and it it already has i think that you can when you talk to a lot of the young guys they all will tell you logan o'hoppy is kind of that guy that they look up to it's even amazing to me and i've had conversations with several young players and guys that get their first crack like logan o'hoppy is not he's not that much older than most of these guys but you know when nolan shawnawell comes up who's the guy showing him around it's logan o'hoppy that's kind of crazy and you know there's there's guys younger than logan and Logan at 23 years old it's crazy there's guys younger than him but there are and he's already kind of taken on that, that mentor role as a 23 year old. Just wait and see what Logan O'Hoppy becomes. I think it's going to be special his development. We're going to have Logan on in just a couple of minutes. Did want to get to just some news of the day before we get into that interview and we're going to go deeper into this. The Angels officially have welcomed Robert Stevenson to the organization as he was introduced on Tuesday. Robert Stevenson may be the next best free agent reliever available, only behind Josh Hader. And you look at his numbers from last year, uh, 3.10 ERA, 3-4 three and four record, but that's only part of the story because... I do find some irony in a guy with the name Robert Stevenson. He's got some Jekyll and Hyde to him when you look at last year because you watch his numbers in Pittsburgh and you're like, wait a minute, this guy had a 5.14 ERA in his 14 innings. Uh, He had eight walks uh, in those 14 innings. What's going on here? And then you see what he did in Tampa Bay where he was just a completely different guy and a menace to hitters. 2-3-5 earned run average in those 38 and the third innings. He had six. 60 strikeouts to just eight walks. That's amazing. Just just look at the walks number for Robert Stevenson in Tampa. 38 in the third innings, eight walks, where he had the same number of walks in 14 innings with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He became... Last two-thirds of last season, Robert Stevenson was one of the best relief pitchers in all of baseball. A huge reason why is he completely changed the shape of his slider. It's listed in some places as a cutter. Stevenson told us it's really just a hard slider, but sometimes for, you know, when you're looking at it on paper, just seeing the differential, it's maybe cutter is the easier word to use to, to notice the difference. Whatever it is, whether it's a cutter or a hard slider, it's semantics. It's the same thing. So... Um, it's a hard slider that he throws and and he can run it up to 97. So he's got some velo, he's got a, a a wipeout pitch with that hard slider and there was not a pitcher in baseball with a better swinging strike rate than Robert Stevenson. And his cutter or his hard slider was the third best hard slider in all of baseball last year. So, you look at some of the numbers on Stevenson, you're like, man, if that pitch can translate with the fact that he throws 97 and all the heat that's in this Angels bullpen, you feel good about that. And, uh, boy, the Angels have totally revamped their bullpen. I don't know how much I can talk about this yet because it's not like official official, but I I will say there are reports out there, it is being widely reported, even tweeted out by MLB reported, that Matt Moore is joining the Angels on a one-year, $9 million deal. Coming back to the Halo. Boy, Matt Moore was so good, I thought, for the Halos last year when he pitched in 41 games to a 2.66 ERA. That was like the one thing the Angels still needed for this bullpen, which I think is actually going to be pretty good, and we'll get into some reasons why later in the show. But the one thing it seemed like the Angels needed, you got to have a left-hander in there. And to bring back more, it just felt like a perfect match. So the Angels I, were really happy with Moore's performance last year. Of course, why wouldn't you be when he pitches to a 2.66 ERA in his 41 games? But because of the situation at the end of last season, uh, the Angels end up having uh, to put him on waivers, and he gets claimed, of course, by Cleveland. But it's good to see the Angels being able to welcome him back. So that's encouraging for sure. Um, and, and again, just we talked about this a lot at the time, but you know the Angels had to make some tough decisions down the stretch last year, uh, just for the, the the sake of the business of baseball and trying to to make sure that they got themselves. Out from under the luxury tax, um, you know, as an insurance policy in case Shohei Otani were to depart. And of course, that's what ended up happening. And now the Angels are going to get a second round pick instead of a fourth round pick in compensation for Shohei. So that's all part of it. Um, It's a tough move, tough moves to make. You don't want to see Matt Moore walk out the door, but uh, to see him walk out the door and then be able to open the door right back, and say, actually, uh, hey, Matt, why don't you come on back here? And he's going to do that, and that's a good thing for the Angels because this is a bullpen that I think has a chance to be really a strong point for the Angels in 2024. And, again, we're going to talk way more bullpen later in the show. I want to spend some time now hearing from the guy that's going to be catching all these flamethrowers in that Angel bullpen And that is Logan O'Hoppy, which we'll get to on the other side of this short break. My name is Trent Rush. This is the Angels Recap Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild With us now is Logan Ohapi, who had such a, a fantastic start to his season last year, dealt with the injury, came back, and uh, we all have gotten a chance, I think, to learn over the last year or so how important Logan Ohapi is for the Angels coming up here in 2024 and beyond, and we're excited to have him on with us right now. Logan, first of all, uh, how's the offseason been? What you been up to?
2: Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me. Um off is getting cold in New York, man. It's getting pretty cold here. But, uh, yeah, I'm leaving here in a couple of days for 10 p. I'm going to get down there early. But the off-season's been great so far. It's been a really good reset. And I feel like I've made some good adjustments um, to my game and, and looking forward to hitting ground running.
1: I know there's been a lot of chatter about – kind of the communication with especially like this young group of angels and we talk about all the time i've been calling you guys the 25u squad we're getting i I have to come up with a better name than that but uh but it's between you and Neto and seanowell and uh, on the pitching side you got detmers and uh silseth and outfield moniac adele i mean it's it's a big group of players that are all like 25 years old or younger that have a chance to play Mm -hmm. a pretty integral part in this organization moving forward what's what's the communication like between you guys
2: we, we talk more than people think. Um, I mean, I talk to Neto, I mean, every other day, it seems like, and then keep tabs with everybody else, and, and they do the same with me. So we're, we're a pretty tight knit group, and uh, yeah, I mean, those guys are, are definitely going to be key pieces to, to what we want to do going forward. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get back around those guys. It's been a while.
1: I mean, how important do you feel like that kind of camaraderie is? Because, I mean, it's, it's one thing, hey, we got a group text going. Everyone kind of keeps tabs on what goes on in the off season. But, I mean, th- is that something that you feel like has an impact when it comes to playing baseball?
2: Absolutely. I think especially being together in the season so much, you know, the more you know about these guys, and the better. It makes your relationships, and the more seamless it makes different things. So, um, yeah, I think it's huge, and I think it only really helps us going forward.
1: Looking at your season last year, um, I, I know it was one where you had so many high hopes coming in. It was a season that started so well, and then it ended up becoming about trying to grind through an injury. Can you walk us through maybe the, the struggle, the, the toll that it takes on you to go through just kind of the, the physical side of it to make an effort to get back onto the field? Because I know there are a lot of people talking at the time that you might be done for the season, but I also know that you maybe saw it differently
2: absolutely yeah from the second i knew i was getting surgery i knew i'd be back and uh yeah that's one thing i kept asking the doctors is they told only three to six months but i didn't or four to six months rather. i'm sorry but i i wasn't really sure why that number was there i figured you can defy odds and beat it so that was my goal every day and then big thanks to Perry and everybody that um the decisions up top two for letting me stay with the team that was um huge in my head and I think expedited the process of me healing too. So um, I know that I had it much better than most people going through an injury. So it did take a toll. I wanted to be out there, but um, just being in a uniform and in a dugout definitely helped my head.
1: I want to talk about this pitching staff for a minute because I mean, obviously it's going to be very different moving forward, not having Shohei Otani, but when I look at a guy like Sandoval, and I look at someone like Detmers, and you know, I we've seen some good stuff from Silseth, and I think we, there's been a track record for what Tyler Anderson can do. I go and I, I look at this group, and I'm like, you know what? There is something there, especially uh, with the young arms, and you got some really good young left-handers. What's kind of your take? Let's let's start with Detmers because I think Detmers yeah. to me is a high ceiling guy. Like when you're catching Reed, what do you? What are you trying to get from him, and what do you think he's capable of doing?
2: He's capable of doing a lot, and I think that goes for, for all our guys and our staff. But the thing that people don't realize, and, and I have the best seat in the house for it, so I, I think it's fair to say I'm a good advocate for it. All these guys have eight stuff. Um, their stuff is unbelievable, and then when they attack their plan and follow their plan, I mean, I'll throw them up against any staff in the league. Um, so, I mean, that specifically, that's Rodgers' bread and butter, but um, when he commands the heater and then can throw in the changeup every once in a while it's, it's really tough um, and fun for me I mean I know I'm hitting the buttons back there too so it becomes more fun but um, I have all the confidence in the world with, when Dett's out there and um, goes for the rest of those guys but um, yeah Dett's got some really good stuff
1: I mean, it just seems like we're, we're kind of just scratching the surface with, with him. And then, you know, another one, like Patrick Sandoval, to me. I mean, yeah. two, two years ago, sub-3 ERA, I know he took a little bit of a step back last year, but you know what's in there. Like, when you have a pitching staff like that, where you see the stuff and you see what they're capable of, like, how much of a responsibility maybe do you feel like, all right, well, I've got, I got to do what I can to get the absolute most out of these guys because there is so much good stuff in there. How much of that do you take on?
2: Well, I understand that's a huge part of my job, being back there. I know um, I know, hits will come, and, and obviously numbers and statistics behind the plate will come, too. But I want to make sure these guys are in the best spot to succeed, and uh, I think they're capable of doing some pretty cool stuff and, and uh, really exceed people's expectations. So, um, yeah, I have all the faith in the world in those guys, and as long as we keep growing and evolving and sticking to the plan that um, we know works and that guys are comfortable with, I think that, uh, that it's only upside.
1: Logan, you have one year and a couple days of service time, and I think that the impact that you've already made on the organization and people around you is significant. I also noticed when I was going through the Angels promotional schedule for this upcoming season, there is a Logan O'Hoppy bobblehead night against the (laughs) Phillies, no less. Um, What do you make of having a bobblehead uh, already at this point in your career? That's wild.
2: I think I'm fooling the right people. I don't know what, <laughs> what to think about that. Um, no, I still can't believe it, to be honest with you. It's pretty humbling and uh, and cool to see, and I know that the family's looking forward to that, and, and I am as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really humbled to see that. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure who I'm quite fooling to be able to make that decision.
1: I was going to say, how many of those has your dad already tried to line up to get uh, for you guys' <laughs> pad uh, out there in New York?
2: Uh, well, I had to make sure I had to get in my own box and ship it home and then let everyone fight for him so uh so yeah, the oppic family's been on top of it
1: I think that your your father, Michael, had a chance to to spend some time with him last year it's I think he's a, a remarkable person in his own right. I think not just for the the personality, and you can see, um, you know, where, where so many of your really great traits come from, uh, but also as someone that got diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma and had to battle through that, um, and then comes out on the other side of it. And you know, you, you go and you spend time with them, living life. You'd never even know anything happened. It, it's a it's an amazing story, and I know that's something that really impacted you at a, at a pretty critical time in your life where you're just starting to cut your teeth um at the highest level of professional baseball kick. what can you tell me yeah. about that experience and just maybe what your father means to you
2: yeah well anyone that knows both mom and dad know that i hit a lot of my parents um the special people and, and people that uh obviously I'm close with and and around a lot, um, but Dad specifically. I mean, to go through that and to get that news is is tough for anybody. But the way he handled it with his uh, with his upbeat personality and and his uh, optimism through that whole thing, it um, it put things in perspective for me. And it actually it, it made dealing with the failures and even the success on the baseball field a lot easier because I just feel like when when you get news like that, that's that's a real world thing, and uh, and baseball. Seems like the real world when you're in it, but then you get news like that, and it definitely lines things up and puts it in perspective. So um, selfishly, it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise. But, um, yeah, he's all good now, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's got more energy now than before he was sick, because I mean, that knows him knows he's a high-energy guy. But um, he's doing well, and, and I'm happy he's here.
1: I think I spent an I don't know an hour and a half with him when we were out in Temecula uh, last year. I, I was worn out. I, I'm telling you, I was I was worn out. He was beautiful. <laughs> he was beautiful, but it took it out of me. Um, you know, what? another thing you did too, Logan, which I, I think is so cool, is not only taking that you know traumatic life event i mean obviously for him but you say your whole family of course the impact it's going to take on you is meaningful yeah. and then to turn that into a positive and and create really a charitable philanthropic uh, side of this philanthropic side of this um, how important was it for you to to be able to take this and, and yeah, you you say selfishly, it helped, you know, maybe make you a better person, but now taking this platform to make an impact for other people, how how important was that for you?
2: I think it's important. I think it's a a huge part of, of the job now too. And uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like the pediatric cancer side of things definitely hits home too. So that's something that I want to bring attention to. And um and make sure that it's in people's heads because it's everywhere. And I think that it's it's one of those things that's out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people, but it is a very real thing. Um, not only Dad, my friend Corey as well, he he passed away in 2022 from um, from leukemia. And uh, we actually just had a fundraiser for him last night. So th- just bringing attention to things like that, um, I take a lot of pride in, and I think it's super important.
1: Talking with Logan Ohoppy, Angels catcher right now, and, and we're excited to be talking with him because – you do get the sense that there is a change of culture going on with the Angels. It's been a long time since the Angels have won. I know, Logan, mm-hmm. you are somebody that is really committed to that culture and you're a big believer in it. You got Ron Washington as your new manager. I know that he's someone that believes in a lot of the same things you do. Um, what do you think it's going to be like working with Ron Washington? Have you guys had conversations and and maybe in terms of just creating that, that winning culture again, um, where do you think that you know some of that can come from
2: i uh, i have had some conversations with wash and i am so excited to get around to him and um and see the kind of the kind of room that we're going to have this year as well um i think everybody in the room has has a bad taste from in their mouth from how it went last year no one's happy with it um i know especially talking to Neto moniac joyce i mean like all the young guys that we mentioned before and even the guys that have been around a while you know no one no one's happy with how it went last year and um, I think that's an important thing to keep in our heads going forward because then it's not so much a, a completely clean slate when we start. We still have that bad taste in our mouth from last year, and, uh, and we're over it. <laughs> we, we want it to change, and, uh, and we're doing the right things, and, and luckily Wash has been the leader in that, and, uh, and it's only going to grow. So I keep saying hitting the ground running in spring training, and I really feel like we're going to do that, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of that
1: you brought up another name that i feel like it's a name that i have not talked about enough um but it's one for me i remember last year turned heads like nobody else and that was ben joyce and and i even remember there there was an umpire that came up to me after a game in spring training like this guy is for real um when he throws as hard as he does i mean i know it's going to be about you know keeping him healthy it's going to be about you know maybe containing it a little bit but what is a talent like Ben Joyce like when you're catching him?
2: It's uh it's pretty incredible. I think what's even more important than, than what he's able to do on the mound is the kind of person he is behind the scenes and the work ethic he has. He's, um, he's one of the hardest workers we got. And, uh, and he's bought into that culture. Like you're saying, and he wants things to change. We've had so many conversations on, on what our role is going forward as the young guys and how we could contribute and, and turn things around. And, uh, I think that's more important than he anything he can do on the mound. But, I mean, you see what he does on the mound, and it's incredible. So that only speaks to, to how he is off the field. But his fastball's special, and he's come a long way with his secondary pitches. And uh, and it's only gotten better every – I can't even say every year. It's been every time I've seen him where he's been better. So, um, yeah, he's going to do some pretty great things.
1: I'll tell you this, Logan. I'm looking forward to spring training on a couple of levels. And one of them is – you know, we get to spend a little bit of time. It's probably the time that most people, most players probably can't stand it when there's that hour of media availability when we're all in there. Uh, but I mm-hmm. I do enjoy talking with this group. I, I think that there is something about this group. And Perry Manassian has been really big on, he always, he uses the term makeup. When he's trying to acquire players, he's he's always talking about a player's makeup. And, you know, you talk about the camaraderie that you have with these young guys and the, the work ethic and the dedication there is there something to having a group that's kind of like-minded in the sense that as driven as you are is is that something that you feel like maybe can can feed to to more success and a change in a culture because it it does seem like there is a pretty common thread here with you guys good dudes hard-working and really passionate about winning
2: I think that definitely helps especially when guys are like-minded I mean it makes it makes it Seamless now when you get into a room with guys that that think alike, and and we got it. And um, yeah, Perry's built a great group, and um, it's just nice going into a room where you know that guys think like you do, and and you guys are all on board. And um, yeah, I mean, I've been in rooms where it hasn't been like that, and I've been in rooms where it has, and um, the ones where it has, we've done some pretty cool things. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the season.
1: All right, last couple things I got for you here. I just wanted to go through your, your offseason preparation a little bit, getting set for the season. I know that you really hit the ball well when you first came up, uh, start of last season, dealt with the injury. It took a little bit for you to get some of those numbers back. I mean, you, you missed four months. But, to, but then to be able to finish, I think the last couple of weeks you finished pretty strong. Um, where are you offensively right now in terms of just kind of where your swing is and, and what you've done this winter?
2: yeah i feel really good um i wasn't happy with how it went last year especially at the end when i came back um so i've worked on that and i've worked on it every day and i feel like i'm in a good place now and and it for the most part it's just timing and understanding how my body's moving and um getting in good positions where i feel like i can be successful and um i i never feel like i'm at the end of the road and i don't think i'll ever feel that way in my career but um, I feel like I'm in a really good spot now, and I feel confident in what I'm doing. And um, Like I said, just really excited to, to keep going forward, and I've never felt more prepared or, or ready for a year than this one.
1: You have big – I mean, your your offensive ratio. I mean, the fact that in 196 career at-bats or 182 at-bats last year, you had 14 home runs. I mean, that is that is significant power when you extrapolate that over the course of an entire season. I would just love to know your approach to hitting and, and and to trying to hit home runs. Do you try to hit home runs? Is it a line drive mentality? What what's your what's your approach to the power that you have obviously with that being such a big part of the game today?
2: Yeah, I I've never never tried once to hit a home run in my career. Um I'm just trying to hit something hard through the middle of the field and um I got to be on time first so that's something I always try to emphasize is being on time and I'm going to err on the side of that than be a little early and just trying to hit something in the middle of the field. So, um, yeah, I've been trying to polish that as well. I mean, I've been talking to um, Rendon a bunch this offseason. He's helped me so much with um, swing stuff and approach and um, whatever it may be. I try to pick his brain as much as I can, and, and he's been a huge help for me this offseason. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my approach to the plate, and, and obviously, it, it you make adjustments as you go. But um, yeah, Tony's been huge for me, helping me out.
1: It's interesting you bring up Anthony Rendon's name because I think about you know this this young core that's coming up, and you still have veterans that have done it. Like Rendon's a World Series champion. You know you got Mike Trout, a three-time MVP. How critical do you feel like it's going to be for those guys in in their roles to try to help, maybe kind of mold this clubhouse, which does have so much budding talent? You mentioned Rendon, but is that something where maybe you know, as a young player, you're you're kind of leaning on some of these guys and, and their wealth of knowledge?
2: I can speak for myself. I know I am. Um, I know other guys do as well. I mean, why wouldn't you? Those guys are the best in the game, and um, obviously Tony has that that ring as well, and and Mike's been hitting however many home runs for however many years he's been doing it so why wouldn't you learn from guys like that and they're so great with us too with um being patient with some of our questions but also always getting back to us you know whether it's text mike or texting tony they always get back to me and, and i appreciate that being a younger guy too and um and like i said it just it just makes it even more exciting going in this year knowing that that they're right there with you you know they uh, they've never made me feel once like um you're beneath them and uh and i appreciate that from them so we got a good group on the same page and i'm looking forward to getting around them
1: uh we saw you at the uh at Madison square garden when uh the rangers went and played the Ducks. <laughs> saw you a, a little bit on tv um are, yeah are, 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 the rangers having a very good season much better year than the ducks are having this year are you feeling good about your rangers
2: <laughs> i am i am and uh yeah it was, that was a cool night being around uh being around that and, and seeing everybody on on the ducks but uh yeah, Rangers are doing well, but I keep tabs on the Ducks as well.
1: I'll tell you this, Logan. Enjoy your Rangers now. Give them three years. The Ducks are coming. The Ducks are coming. They're going right. to be all right. There you go.
2: Hey. I hear you. I'm going to plead the fifth on that, but I hear you.
1: <laughs> wait, well, hey, Logan. I really I really appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. Can't wait to get together out in Tempe and uh, looking forward to uh, what should be a, a really fun 2024 season. Thanks, Logan. Thank you,
2: Trent. Looking forward to seeing you.
1: I thought that was pretty interesting right there from Logan O'Hoppy on a lot of different levels the one kind of note that jumped out to me uh, was how he brought up Anthony Rendon, and uh, we, you know, I'll just take you behind the curtain, uh, we taped that interview with Logan O'Hoppy before Anthony Rendon had, had made some comments talking about the length of the season in baseball, and and uh, that was, I just felt like it was kind of an interesting thing uh, for Logan to bring up, and that's also consistent with a lot of different things that I've heard in the clubhouse uh, of Rendon kind of being that guy for a lot of different young players, especially. So... I think that that's, that's one thing that maybe you don't hear talked about a whole lot outside of the clubhouse. I think that there is a a narrative around Anthony Rendon that uh, he gets viewed and portrayed a certain way. And then you hear about things in the clubhouse, and it's completely inconsistent with maybe what that narrative is like. For whatever reason, um, I just I find it fascinating. And that's why, you know, on this show and a lot of other shows, I, I've told you, like, hey, like Anthony Rendon is really well-liked in the room. He is really well regarded. There are a lot of coaches really respect him and the players really respect him so I hear those things and that's what I share with you because I'm getting it from the clubhouse and I know that there is a lot of chatter elsewhere uh, that may not line up with that but I'm, again my job is to tell you what I'm hearing, and uh, I, I'm fortunate and blessed to have this unique insight and unique perspective and unique access, um, and, and being able to share some of that with you guys is, is what I'm about, and that's what I'm doing here. So I'm just telling you what I'm hearing, and I've heard a lot of really good things from Anthony Rendon, and we just heard Logan O'Hoppe bring him his name unprompted. So that just tells you a little bit about their relationship and uh, the, the clubhouse cohesion that really seems to be taking. In place with this team it's starting to come together and to hear stuff like that even before the start of spring training to me is pretty darn encouraging all right we're going to take one more quick break we got a bunch of angels news to get to we talked about the bullpen top of the podcast we're going to get into it a little bit more we're going to hear from perry manassian we're going to hear from robert stevenson plus the angels signed another all-star we'll explain when we come back my name is trent rush this is the angels recap podcast hot stove edition back on the Angels Recap Podcast, let's talk about the bullpen for a moment, because I think this is an area where the Angels are dramatically improved coming into 2024, and look, they need to be. If you look at maybe the one area, one area more than anywhere else where the Angels needed to improve, it was in the bullpen, and they've done that, and they've done so to the tune of close to $50 million when you include uh, the reported Matt Moore signing uh, that surfaced late Tuesday night. Uh, Before we heard about Matt Moore, we, we caught up with Perry Manazzi, and we're going to share some of Perry's comments uh, here in just a moment. But uh, to bring back Matt Moore, it was like after the Robert Stevenson signing, it was like the one piece the Angels still needed was to bring in a left-hander, and now Matt Moore is clearly that. I mean, it made all the sense in the world to bring back Matt Moore. Uh, and now you look at this, this Angels bullpen, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think that also something that doesn't get talked about enough is just how hard Robert Stevenson throws. I mean, this guy is peppering it in at, at 97, that's where he's and that may be a theme for the Angels this year because when you look at this bullpen in general, there's a lot of heat coming from this Angels bullpen. Carlos Estevez, all-star last year, saved 31 games. I know he maybe wasn't the same guy down the stretch, but Estevez was really good for the Angels taking on a role he'd never been in in his career prior to last season. Well, he averaged 97 with his fastball. Kind of an under-the-radar move the Angels also made was they welcomed back Luis Garcia. And remember uh, kind of what he was able to do bouncing around the league. Luis Garcia throws 97. And at 36 years old, this is a pitcher that I don't know that we've, we've spent nearly enough time talking about what he's able to do because I think that he is someone that could be in that you know, mix late in games, sixth, seventh inning guy. I mean, his ERA was over four last year, but I mean, it's about what his league average has been. If that's if that's a middle reliever for you, after he was with the Angels in 2019, was in Texas, St. Louis, San Diego the last two seasons. I mean, he's had some success in there, and this is another player with a high strikeout rate. Um, six, you know, Two years ago, 68 strikeouts in 61 innings Last year, 53 strikeouts in 59 innings uh, you know, uh, He did have too many walks last year He's got to cut that down 24 walks, far too many That being said, Garcia is somebody that throws really hard Okay, so Estevez throws hard Garcia throws hard Stevenson throws hard Take it a step further How about Jose Soriano? He may have the best live arm of anybody I mean, he's 25 years old, and his fastball sits 98. Yeah, Jose Soriano may end up being a really important piece at the end of games. If Sam Bachman, who looks like now is going to be in the mix to try to be a starter for the Angels, if he ends up in the bullpen, that's another guy. That very similar profile to Garcia. It's a sinker ball that's coming in at 97. I mean, that is really tough to hit. And then you have Big Ben Joyce, who we know can throw 105 miles per hour. And he's been up there in his college days. We saw him sit 101 last year. That's right. The average fastball for Ben Joyce last season was 101 miles per hour. What does all of this mean, right? I'm saying a bunch of 97s, 98s. What does that mean in the the overall landscape? The six names I mentioned just a moment ago. And Stevenson, Estevez, Garcia, Bachman, Soriano, Ben Joyce. Those six right there, all in the top 10 percentile, or all in the 90th percentile, all in the top 10 percent of Major League pitchers in fastball velocity. The Halo hurlers got some heat coming out of that bullpen. I mean, this is going to be a flame-throwing bullpen. And Barry Manassian, a little bit earlier today, had been talking about, where the Angels really struggled last year, and they talked about innings six through eight, where their plus minus in that in those three innings was he said something like minus one twenty-three or something like that. That's where the Angels lost games. The Angels lost games in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings. And that's what can't happen moving forward. And where have the Angels invested this offseason? They have invested in their bullpen. They've invested a ton in the bullpen. And that's something to look forward to for what 2024 can be because I know that everybody wanted to see big starters signed, and and who knows if that ends up happening. But what I do know is that I think the Angels bullpen, as it is right now, has a chance to be pretty good. And the Stevenson signing, again, $33 million over three years. There's a, a clause in there for a possible fourth year based on injury. But you're signing – a pitcher that again only second only to Josh Hader, who got almost double that, is now with the Halos. And of the free agent pitchers that were out there, Stevenson was about as good as you could do, and that's a big time pickup for an Angels bullpen that needs a boost. You know, and Estevez struggles at the end of last season, I think in part just because of the weight that was on his shoulder every single night. And I don't know that he had a whole lot of breathing room. The Angels needed him to be great in a role that he had never taken on before. And he was in the first half. He was an all-star. Uh, Carlos Estevez, I think when you look at big picture, you go and look back at the numbers for 2023, I think that they look better maybe than how it felt, right, when you're watching Carlos Estevez down the stretch last year. Because in August, when the Angels had put all their chips to the middle of the table and were going all in to make a push – it was, you know, Estevez had, a, had a, t- a couple blown saves in there. And there were some moments that were like, man, it just spiraled and it didn't have to. But that's history. That's done. And Estevez overall has a good year. Now, will Estevez be the closer in 2024? I think that when you look at it right now, I think in game one, I think Carlos Estevez is probably going to be in line to be that guy. I think that's probably who Ron Washington calls on, but that is a Ron Washington decision, which Perry Manassian has made clear. On top of that, the Angels are going to have other options at the back end of games. I think Soriano's got the stuff to be that. I think Ben Joyce has the stuff to be that. We know Robert Stevenson does. Now, I think the Angels are better served if he's not the closer, and he's your high-leverage guy. But the Angels have several options of pitchers that are able to close out games, and we'll see what kind of role that Robert Stevenson has in here. And here is Robert Stevenson uh, just a little bit ago this afternoon talking about his work this offseason, how it has gone this winter, and well, while he's excited to be joining the Halos.
3: Well, it's been a pretty long or pretty slow offseason, I guess so far. Um, I guess uh, it's kind of been that way for a lot of the free agents, um, but. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to be with the Angels. And uh, I think it just kind of developed the way, you know, there was a, a few teams left. And, and for me, I just had to look at what was best for me and my family. And um, ultimately, this was uh, the, the best fit in my mind.
1: So clearly, it's a good fit for Robert Stevenson. It sounds like he's happy to be joining the Halos, someone that has spent so much of his career pitching in the National League and in the East, you know, on the eastern half of the United States. Now he comes to the AL West. It's going to be a little different for Robert Stevenson out here, but the change of the slider was a dramatic difference for him last year. Another thing that Tampa did with Robert Stevenson as well, and I found this fascinating. As hard as he throws, again he he's basically sits ninety seven. They had him throw a lot less four seam fastballs last year, and he was able to use. That's why I think that's another reason why people want to call this hard slider more of a cutter because he was able to use it in fastball counts, and he was able to use it at times as kind of like a a cutter because he's still getting the the velo there. And it's just a, a different shape to what his slider is. He's still using both, but he was able to throw that pitch more, his slower slider less, and his fastball less. And that really opened some doors for him in a lot of different camps, uh, a lot of different counts. And Stevenson talked about that decision and, and some of the changes that he made, just especially with that slider uh, development.
3: Um, so one of the things that they they tinkered with was my slider. and. Um, just making a a little adjustment on the way I release it uh, helped add some, some velo to it. And I think that that helped a ton on getting, um, you know, just putting the pitch in the zone more often and getting more swing and miss on it. Uh, And I think that, you know, obviously moving forward, I feel like that's sustainable just because um, you know, the way I'm throwing it now is just, it's a better version of that pitch. And uh, you know, something that we also played around with was, um, you know, just the way I packed hitters and just being more aggressive um, and trying to know put guys in a hole quicker uh and i think that that helped a lot too
1: that mentality i think is going to be really effective i mean how many times we see the angels it felt like last year uh maybe if they even got to oh two then you're you're not necessarily going after guys and you end up in long counts or you're working from behind i mean that happened a lot and that ends up just setting you up for lack of success. And I think the Stevenson approach with what he had in Tampa Bay, I think could pay dividends, not just for him with the Halos, but also for some of these other angel relievers. As far as what his role is going to look like for the angels in the bullpen, well, Stevenson addressed that as well.
3: You know, it's not something that I looked at as an option. Um, Yeah, I I come into this um, figuring that I'll be somewhere in the back of the bullpen but, uh, you know, obviously uh, I played with SD in Colorado and I love SD. And, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's the closer right now. And, um, you know, should something happen, they decide to have me slot in as a closer, then obviously I'm, you know, I'm going to pitch whenever they tell me to take the ball, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to try to take anyone's job. I just want to pitch when they give, when they tell me to pitch.
1: That's a teammate right there. You love hearing that from Stevenson, who's a gamer. Trust me, we're going to see Robert Stevenson in pretty much all of the high leverage situations when, You know, when what's being asked of him, um, you know, when he's – When you sign a contract, like a three year deal for 30 plus million dollars, like there is an expectation that comes with that. And at least early on, he's going to be the guy in those big spots. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles that. As far as kind of the Angels' view on Robert Stevenson and what they feel like he's going to be able to bring to the table this coming year, here's Angels' general manager, Perry Manassian, on why he made the move to sign Robert Stevenson.
4: Yeah, it's, it's obviously, um, you know, he has a track record of pitching in some pretty difficult places to pitch earlier in his career and was always competitive, always had good stuff. Um, you know, and one of the things you look for in a player is, especially from a, you know, from a scouting standpoint, from just tracking a player over the course of time is improvement. And when you look at his track record and, and kind of the different stops he's made, uh, there's been improvement in a lot of those places. Um, With that being said, he went to Tampa last year, Um, you know, he had a new toy to play with, changed speed with his sliders, and was one of the best, uh, if not the best reliever in baseball uh, over the 40 innings. And we felt like with just our situation, and we had a hard time in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning. We really did. I think we were, you know, our plus minus in those three innings was 120 minus 123. So, um, you know, for us to win more games and especially compete, you know, we have to be better in those middle innings.
1: How different is the Angels season if they're even if that number is 0 instead of -123 on run differential in the 6th, 7th, and 8th innings. I mean, that that's an astounding number. And it goes to show you a the Angels need to do a better job Pitching in those late innings. Also, they need more timely hits and they need guys to come through. And, you know, that's where. Having the veteran presence of of a Trout and a Rendon back healthy um, and further development of these young guys is going to be really, really important. It's the later innings where games are won and lost, and the Angels found themselves in a lot of tough situations late in games last year. As far as what the role is going to look like for Robert Stevenson out of the bullpen, well, Perry talked about if he had made any promises to his new right-handed reliever.
4: You know, there was no promises made to Robert as far as where he pitched. He's he's ready to pitch whenever or wherever. So um, I think it's one of those things. We'll get to spring. Wash will get his hands on the guys and get to see everybody, and he'll make that determination.
1: As far as depth, you know, that's been something that Perry Manassian has talked a lot about while he's been the general manager of the Angels. Um, here he is as well saying, you know, maybe the Angels do need to continue to add depth this winter.
4: Yeah, that's a great question. I think we need depth everywhere. But the, the infield is somewhere that we're we'll continuing to look and see if we can make an uh, you know an addition there to improve that overall depth. Um, you know, with with a Drury, with a Rangifo, you have versatility, which is obviously uh, really, really important in today's game, especially for us and, and some of the injury history we have on the club. Uh, so, yeah, the infield is a place that we'll look to, you know, can we go with what we have? Absolutely. You know, with with Shanewell at first and Drury at second, Nato at short, Rendon at third, Rangifo with the ability to play you know, those second, third, and short, we are covered to a certain extent there, but I think it's something that we'll look to uh, add throughout the rest of the offseason.
1: And obviously health is the big thing, right? For the Angels to be successful in 2024, they got to stay healthy. That also means starting the year healthy. And, well, Perry Manassian gave us an update on how some Angels are doing getting set to arrive in camp in a couple of weeks.
4: Our our support staff's done a great job, just monitoring guys and making sure um, players are doing what they need to do and and, uh, everybody's working, everybody's going to be ready to go. I think – no, today's, today's day and age, uh, as a professional athlete, especially at this level, right, I think everybody knows how important this is. And, and um, you know, the days of getting in shape in spring training, you don't see too often. So we have a really motivated group, a lot of great makeup, and I think right now everybody's healthy, ready to go.
1: Which is great news to hear, obviously. But again, we were just talking a moment ago about the addition to Stevenson and all these power arms. It seems like the Angels have racked up when you have six relievers potentially in the you know the, the 90th percentile or better in fastball velocity uh does seem to think that there is an organizational philosophy towards having velo be prioritized and well barry manassian pretty much confirmed our suspicion
4: absolutely i mean you want outs right um that's that's first and foremost and you know i think outs make up uh being a big league reliever and uh you know, especially in high leverage situations and the ability to pitch back to back days, three in a row, three out of five, all those types of things are really, really important. You know, stuff's important too, right? And, and you know, with power comes maybe a little more room for error. You know, you still have to throw the ball to the plate. You still have to be on the attack, but, you know, that's something that we've been able to acquire this offseason some power for the back end of our bullpen. And, and that's something we you know, will, will help us down the road.
1: Absolutely. Good stuff right there from Angels General Manager Perry Manassian. As the Angels have inked uh, Robert Stevenson to their bullpen. They also have added, reportedly, uh, Miguel Sano. Nothing official from the club as of right now. It's a minor league deal, at least it's what it's believed to be. For Miguel Sano, who remember the former All-Star with the Minnesota Twins, hit 083 in 2022, didn't hit at all last season. He's playing in the Dominican right now, and things seem to be going well for him in the Dominican. Again, minor league deal. He's got an invitation to spring training. See what you got. See if he can resurrect his career, and if he can, uh, we know what is capable of, and if he can't, well, then, you know, it's probably just going to be a a cut in spring training, which is just what happens, the nature of the game. But the Angels taking a flyer on a former All-Star in Miguel Sanoa, a minor league deal, um, and uh, somebody that, again, high upside, and if it doesn't work out, there's pretty much no risk there. Do want to thank Elise Diaz, Howard Drescher, and Alejandro Valenzuela in the studio. For them, my name is Trent Rush. Thanks for being with us here for halos hot stove yes the angels recap podcast hot stove edition on am 830 the am 830 app and of course angels.com slash podcast take care everybody